Next up in our series of all division teams, we're on to the AFC North. We'll see how this division in the North stacks up versus the other all division teams on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. And when you enter promo code locked on NFL, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order of bird dogs. By the way, make sure you're subscribed up on the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. You can find us everywhere else. You get your podcasts in the audio versions as well. So uh, had fun with our live mailbag episode yesterday. Yeah. We took a brief break from our series that we're going to be doing this summer of all division teams. We're on the second division so far. We've got the AFC East in the books. You can find that one. And now we're on to the AFC North, Matt. This is the division that you cover, the division you're most familiar with. And it starts at quarterback. And to be honest, looking at some of the, the position groups here, it's a good division. There are some top-heavy uh, players, but it's not a deep division because almost every position group I look at, it's like, well, there's a clear guy, and and maybe we won't even fill up 30 minutes in this podcast because it seems like there's, there's too many easy decisions. So a couple nuggets before we get started is – I mentioned yesterday my my bird dog shipment arrived and I tried them on. I'm going to definitely be wearing a new pair of shorts for my Saturday 50th party that's going to be here. So we're going to we're going to rage at the Williamson household and I'll be wearing my bird dogs and the uh the tumbler was scooped up by my wife probably never to be seen by me again. So that's long gone. <laughs> so that, that was that's promising. Told everyone about that yesterday. And to expand on what you said, folks my apologies in advance, but this will probably be the shortest of this eight part series. I don't know that there is a lot to fight about. I mean, and we're going to be really stressing here to come up with good battles. I don't know what that says about this division. I don't think it's a negative about the division. I think it's a really good, you know, division top to bottom without a bad team in it. That's one of the few that can say that. And I think there are teams that you can conceivably see be Super Bowl contenders. But when we fight positionally, I don't think there's going to be many fights. Is there a fight at quarterback? Well, let's start here because I think I have a clear winner. But, man, there's star power at quarterback. Deshaun Watson, I know everything that's gone on with his career. There's a time when we did this. It would be super easy. You plug in Deshaun Watson and you move on. He's your division, all-division quarterback. He wouldn't have been in the North, though. He would have been in the AFC South at that point. Uh, then you have Lamar Jackson, who's won an MVP in this league. I mean, he just got paid, right? And Lamar Jackson's a superstar player. But then there's Joe Burrow. And I, I think that... You absolutely have to consider Lamar Jackson, but I mean, for me, it's it's Joe Burrow, and uh, I don't know if you think it's it's the other way around, and it's clearly a two horse race here. It's either Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow, but I got to go with with Joe Burrow. I you, you can't consider Watson, although 
I expect him to be better than he was last year. I mean, that's a low bar to get over. If he isn't, what that might be the most disastrous trade in NFL history. But I could absolutely see Watson being a top 10 type of guy. I could see Lamar being a top five type of guy. I've done a ton of these. Well, not a ton. I've run five or six of these underdog fantasy drafts, you know, these best ball. I end up with Lamar everywhere. I think he's going to have nice passing numbers, phenomenal running stats. But clearly Pickett's the best quarterback in the division, right? I mean, we know that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> apologies, gonna... apologies for leaving out second-year quarterback, Kenny <laughs> Pickett. Um, deserves some consideration. I mean, he's the uh, slam dunk, right? We're not going to fight about many. That's as easy as it gets. I mean, that's who you want, right? He had a developmental slot <laughs> on our, our Maybe Kenny Pickett could sneak in there, but I don't think it's he's Burrow. Be- it's Burrow, and I think it's easily Burrow. I mean, if if it was Burrow versus Mahomes, he would lose. If it was Burrow versus Allen, it would be a fight. Burrow versus anybody else is Burrow. And, and really with Lamar, because there was a time, you know, I mentioned how Watson, there would be a time where he would have been a no-brainer. There was a time mm-hmm. when when Lamar Jackson would have been a no-brainer, been the quarterback of the AFC North. But right now, I think it's consistency, and that's what puts it over the top for me with Joe Burrow. And I, I want to look up his stats because I, I was blown away looking at his numbers from the last two seasons, 2021 and 2022. And this is the team that made deep playoff runs. This is the team that made Super Bowl appearance. And in 2021... Joe Burrow, 70% passer, 4,600 passing yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 108 quarterback rating. 2022, following season, nearly identical, 68.3 completion percentage, 4,500 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So just a little bit less yardage, a little bit slightly better touchdown to interception ratio, 100.8 quarterback rating, but almost identical, the unbelievable consistency of Joe Burrow and high-level consistency and when you consider Lamar Jackson the way his last two seasons have ended and been banged up uh that that's what puts it over the top for me with Joe Burrow yeah the big thing I saw from Burrow from this past year from the year before was he his stats remained awesome as you mentioned but Mahomes went through this too without Tyreek is the league has gone so much to two high safeties and take away the big play before this past year if Burrow had single high, he might as well scream from the rafters. I'm going bombs away to Jamar. You know, I mean, and and teams took that away from him, and much like they did with Tyreek out of the picture in Kansas City, and Mahomes and Burrow, not coincidentally, were the best two quarterbacks in the league, and in sort of a Brady-like manner. We'll death by a thousand paper cut you if that's what you're going to take. And not all quarterbacks will put their ego to the side and just – Six yards, seven yards, three yards, move the sticks. You know, Burrow did a lot more of that. Which and is looking ahead a little bit at the receiving weapons, are we being unfair to Lamar because of the weapons that Burrow has to throw to? A little. I mean, this is going to be a huge year for Lamar because clearly, including his tight end, he has the best group of pass catchers he ever has, which is why I want him in fantasy. I mean, I think Lamar's set up for a monster year. He could win the MVP this year. And I do think the, the injuries is, is the biggest factor for me because if we yeah. have seen full seasons of Lamar Jackson and you know playoff runs, it might be a different conversation here. But I think we both agree Joe Burrow is our AFC North quarterback. Yeah, I mean Lamar might would probably get this honor, honor in four or five divisions. You know, I mean he's just he's just in the wrong one right now. Running back, J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens, Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. Najee Harris, since being drafted in the first round of the 2021 draft, has been the number one back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is there an argument for any of them over 
Cleveland Browns running back, Nick Chubb. It's a good foursome. Uh, Dobbins is another target of mine early on in fantasy in June, but there's no argument. I mean, Chubb's the best of the four. It's a good group, but they're all B-level guys. He's an A-level guy, you know, so you're out of luck. Totally agree. That one's quite easy. Nick Chubb yeah. is our running back. We got Joe Burrow. We've got Nick Chubb at quarterback running back. There is some conversation to be had at wide receiver, though, Matt. Next, I want to skip wide receiver because it's a longer conversation and go to tight end and get that one locked in. Okay. And there, I think, is the first opportunity for a Baltimore Raven to show up here in our group. And again, I don't think it's a, a very difficult conversation looking at the tight ends of this uh, division. There's some good tight ends, though. Pat Fryer mm-hmm. in his second year, the, the round right after Najee Harris was drafted, looking like a good class there for the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. David Njoku has had a really interesting career and, and, and actually a surprising resurgence to me as the, the number one guy there with the Cleveland Browns. Irv Smith is now the tight end, along with Devin Asiasi and a, and a group of guys with the, the Cincinnati Bengals. But, I mean, Mark Andrews is clearly the class of this division at tight end. Yep, yeah, 100%. I... I have a, I'm a big Najoku fan. I thought Fryermuth was the Steelers' best offensive player last year. And frankly, watching him at OTAs, he looks even better. I mean, I think he has a very, very bright career. But you can't put him over Andrews at this point. I mean, I think Fryermuth might be the sixth or seventh best tight end in the league and might finish the season even five. But Andrews is two or three, you know. So, and if you're, nope. if, you're going, if you're going too tight, so maybe you could say, okay, Fryermuth's uh, maybe a little better blocker. It could be our Y tight end, then you move – Mark Andrews around as a receiving weapon, but sure. That'd be a hard thing to defend, but if yes. you're picking them on tight end, it's one guy. Could Fryermuth sneak into our little flex spot? Cause we could run an offense. that's too tight. Ends that. So put a pin in that one. Have a feeling most, especially is that especially as good a receiver as Andrews is, you know, we don't want Andrews lining up next to tackles blocking miles Garrett all day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of Miles Garrett, uh, that, that he'll be on the team here with the uh, <laughs> with the NFC North is kind of scary. Okay. Uh, we'll get to the the receiving weapons, offensive line, and the defense of the North next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Matt talked a little bit about his brand new Bird Dogs. He's got uh, whether it's a birthday party, you're celebrating, you're hanging out, summertime barbecue vibes by the pool. If you go from podcasting to Going on a hike in your bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And while you look good in bird dogs, you also feel good in bird dogs because bird dog shorts do uh, the exact same thing that some other bigger brands like Lululemon, but fit way better. And they fit way better because... They're not made of that stiff, restrictive cotton like your regular shorts are. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So they're practical. They look great. Uh, super versatile shorts and pants at Bird Dogs. Get them with a liner. Get them without a liner. And then you're just rolling in style to your 50th birthday party as Matt <laughs> This weekend, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. Protect it from your family members so you can't drink out of it. Uh, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Yeah, hands off on Saturday, ladies. I know I'm going to be irresistible, but I mean, best you, best you can do to keep your hands off me. I'm a 50 yeah, yeah. year old stud. Make sure that uh, Mrs. Williamson, you, you'll notice her. She's got the bird dogs tumbler in her hand. Make sure she's not around. Yeah. You try to make your move. 
<laughs> you don't want to mess with the cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here we go. Wide receivers, Matt. Yeah. Two slam dunks. Jamar Chase is yeah. the first slam. I, I thought there was one slam dunk and then a conversation. So uh, okay. who's okay. your second slam dunk here in the starting lineup at wide receiver? Because I think it's clearly Jamar Chase. And Chase would be on any any roster. I mean, I think he's a top two receiver or you know, three or four, maybe at worst. But so he's we're very happy to have him. I think Higgins is as well. I think Higgins is noticeably above the rest of the division. While he might be a tier behind his teammate, I still think he's clearly number two. The third receiver spots may be our best conversation of the day, though. Just, I mean, you're just going to disrespect the the career of Odell Beckham here. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna disrespect first rounder Zay Flowers and and Rashad Bateman and and what about your guys over there in Pittsburgh with George Pickens, the yeah. second rounder from last year, has been making highlight real catches in Deontay Johnson after, uh, and in fact, does Deontay Johnson lead this division in receptions right oh, now? Oh, I'm sure he's Deontay's actually my pick, and it comes down to Deontay or Amari Cooper, who's had a very good career. Probably a better, he's had a better career than Deontay. And everyone hates Deontay Johnson because he didn't score a touchdown last year, and fantasy makes the world go round. He's the leading target getter on this team almost every week. And there's only like over the last three years, there's only like three or four receivers in the league. It's like Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs that have more targets than Deontay. Targets are earned. You know, I mean, I know he's in the doghouse around here a little bit. Too many drops, doesn't make the big plays. He's open all the time. His ability to separate uh, mm-hmm. is awesome. And uh, most of Amari Cooper's career statistics have come outside of this division. Odell Beckham yeah. doesn't have any uh, catches in this division yet. And so uh, if you're looking at career North receptions, it's Deontay Johnson, then I think Jamar Chase, and then T. Higgins. So I think those are going to be our three wide receivers, it looks like. Yep, and Pickens has a very high ceiling, but he's an unrefined route runner. Um, I mentioned I keep referring to underdog fantasy, which applies to these positions. But those three Ravens receivers are all going like right next to each other. I would take Bateman of the three. I mean, I I think he's the going to lead the team in targets at the receiver position. Still waiting on that Bateman breakout. I'm I know, but I'm in on it hasn't that. happened yet. So uh, Deontay Johnson has broken out. So Deontay Johnson. Is our uh, wide receiver three here? Unless you want to make an argument for Fryermuth, you want to make an argument to go two running backs potentially with this squad instead of a third wide receiver. Is Fryermuth that much better than Deontay? I mean, I'm, I should probably address this question to myself <laughs> because I said I just saw them both a minute ago. I think <laughs> the answer is no. I mean, they're they're neck and neck. I'd rather have three receivers than two tight ends, but it's close. And then if you look at just stylistically, if we're putting together a roster, it's like, okay, George Pickens kind of too similar to T. Higgins. T. Higgins, he's, right. your he's on the outside. Deontay, slot, Deontay Johnson, move around in the slot. Use those quicks to get open underneath. Have Jamar Chase mm-hmm. on the other side. So, yeah, I like the way this is coming together. Good trio. Yeah. The old line's not great, by the way. Could we have another appearance of a first-round draft pick that we haven't seen play in the nfl in mm. the first division we did the afc east we had dalton kincaid a first round tight end for buffalo as the representative could broderick jones be that guy in this division matt for the afc north and since you are in pittsburgh you're broadcasting live from otas and mini camps there what have you seen from the rookie could he be somebody that's all division as a rookie so my black and gold blood loves the pick. I mean, it's the first time they've drafted a tackle since like 1996. I mean, it, it's crazy. 
he's very impressive physically. I've watched a lot of him 20 feet away. You know, I've watched more of him probably than any Steeler because he's a first-round pick in offense practice right next to where I was broadcasting. Um, next year, I think he'll be the pick. I'm not even sure he starts the season. I mean, he has technique work to do pass protection-wise. He's just too raw for me to throw this on this team the way we're devising it. But I wouldn't trade him for Orlando Brown or Ronnie Stanley. You know, like if one of the division rivals called saying, but we'll trade your guy for our guy, considering age, money, I would not trade him. But I don't think he's the best player right now. Okay, so the future is bright for Broderick yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a young prospect, and there's still some work to do technique-wise. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that that adds up with what the scouting report says about Broderick sure. Jones. So then it comes down to at left tackle. I mean, the stalwart, Ronnie Stanley, he's, you know, been banged up in recent years. You've got Orlando Brown Jr., big money free agent. And look, we might be able to move a guy to right tackle, but here's the problem. Orlando Brown doesn't want to play. Hey, going. So going. You right. can't utilize him over there. So is it Ronnie Stanley or Orlando Brown at left tackle? Or are you considering Jedrick Wills? Uh, or another player there on the left side. Yeah, and frankly, Stanley and Brown were teammates when this controversy came up. So neither one of them is going to the right tackle. Um, I would love to say Ronnie Stanley. I mean, he is the one that should be number one in this division. He's the most talented. His best days as a pro are number one. But since his ankle injury, I think he's been a shell of himself. He's been in and off the field. It's one of the more... I don't say tragic, but unfortunate stories in the whole league because he got injured. They were playing the Steelers the upcoming week. They signed him like Tuesday of that week, played the Steelers, got hurt, and has never been the same. You know, like it's brutal for the Ravens. It's unfortunate for him. At least he got paid. I think he's one of the most pivotal Ravens, period. So I'm, I think Orlando Brown has to be the pick, although I've referred to him as one, maybe the most overrated left tackle in the league, too. Interesting. Okay. It's, so I don't maybe, love this line. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is where this division falls short because it, yeah. it's not bad up until this point at all. And still looks like we might be able to put together a pretty good offensive line. So who's on the right side then? You're going to move over Jedrick Wills. You're going to use Jack Conklin on the right side. I think both of the uh, starting tackles with the Cleveland Browns could make some sense there. You got Jonah mm-hmm. Williams, Morgan Moses, um, Corfor, your yeah. guy over there in Pittsburgh. Who do you like at the right side? Chooks is solid. He's not a liability, but he's not in the equation. Um, I like Wills, but he's kind of not lived up to expectations. I, I heard they were very torn whether to pick up his fifth-year option or not. They decided to. So I don't want to even do a position change with him. This is so boring, but I think it's Moses or Conklin. I mean, they're just veterans you can count on that are probably seen their best days, but they're fine. You know, they're reliable. Yeah, I've got I've got Jack Conklin that's fine on my list so i'm cool with it yeah yeah so we're going Orlando Brown, yeah and jack conklin at tackle yeah how about the interior of the offensive line here do you want to go to guard or center first i think guard is easy you know with all frankly the steelers set of guards has become very good and no no one seems to know it but i I think it's a top five or six set of guards i still have a lot of respect for zeitler but i think it's the browns guards just both of them, Joel Batonio yep, and Wyatt Teller, plug them in left, right, you're done? Yep, I think it's the best set of guards in the league for any team. I think Batonio's a top four or five guy, and Teller's not that far off. I would argue that Alex Kappa deserves to be in the conversation there. He's good. Uh, at right guard, you know, Zeitler's very good. 
uh, Sayomalo, uh, you know, James Daniels, I thought has been just a mm-hmm. really weird player up and down throughout his Very career. So. Is he good or is he not? He's got the athleticism. He's got the the tools. He's just finding the right spot and the right scheme for him. I don't know what, what it is really that's the secret sauce for, for James Daniels to have that consistency in his career. I have no problem with Batonio and Wyatt Teller. I just just want to throw Kappa out there as, as potential. I'm glad player. you mentioned him. We should have. Yeah, he's, he's a very good player, but he's probably the fourth best guard in this division, you know. Right. Center's <laughs> weak. Take us through the center position while I type in these. Uh, yeah, these yeah, yeah, yeah. Mason Cole's a Steeler guy. He's Joe Average. I mean, he, he's not the Steeler legacy at center. He'll be replaced sooner than later, but he's fine. Um, Linderbaum is probably my pick. Because he got better and better as the season went on. He is a first-round pedigree guy. He still struggles with a big nose over him. He's 280 pounds or whatever. And obviously grading him off of how Baltimore plays football is a little tough to do because they don't play offense like anybody else. Posick had a very good year for the Browns, and they gave him money. Um, what's his face with since he's fine as well? But I think it's Posick or Linderbaum. And it's going to be kind of a weakness, I think, when you compare the other eight, div- you know, other seven divisions. Yeah, I think it's Linderbaum, and you yeah. saw signs as a as a rookie, and then you. By the way, speaking of wrestling, he was a big time wrestler. He could have been part of our, our yeah. wrestling group that we were talking about. Uh, him and uh, Jedrick Wills, or not a not Wills, um, Tristan Wirfs, did a battle. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, big time. Greco-Roman wrestlers, um, but you know, just kind of projecting because this is a 2023 mm-hmm. projection. So will he be better at, in year two as most players are, especially on the offensive line? I'd yeah. be willing to bet on that as our Me as too. our all division center. Yeah, that was my pick as well for all the same reasons. I think year two will be better, and year one got better as it went along. So the offensive line, okay, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe mediocre as all division offensive lines go. Some good players there, three out of five of them from the Cleveland Browns. But when we start looking at the defensive side of the ball, the scariest group of edge rushers of any division is going to be coming out of the AFC North next. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to all the everydayers. If you're not an everydayer, make sure you are subscribed up to the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel, and you can find us on all of your podcast apps, anywhere you find your podcasts, you can find Peacock and Williamson. Whoo, TJ Watt and Miles Garrett. That was yep. a scary combination. And all due respect to the uh, the Hendricksons and Hendricksons and Darius Smith's Darius a good Smith. player. Yeah, the division. It's Garrett and it's TJ Watt and look out, quarterbacks. End of story. Yeah, I mean that's the strength of our team so far. Quarterbacks really strong, but that's as good as it gets. When it comes to the interior of the defensive line, Matt, I am going to fight for DJ Reader at nose, and I don't care who you put next to him. I think it's a slam dunk, Cam Hayward and DJ Reader. I mean, Cam Hayward's a stud. I I mean, he's a I, to be honest player. with you, I was kind of looking at Cam Hayward as a defensive end. So when you talk about him as a tackle, which is clearly what he is, is yeah. especially in the pass rushing situations, and a perfect tandem for him to be that, um, you know, the – the, the versatile, bigger mm-hmm. end right. tackle to go with the nose tackle. So, actually, the whole defensive line is easy, and it's really good. Really good. Yeah, I, I like this group quite a bit. Um, Tomlinson from the Browns is a nice addition to the division, and I think he'll pay off for the Browns, but he's probably third. And, you know, I mean, Reader's a really, really good player. I mean, we're talking pass rush. We're talking defending the run. Watt. Reader, Cam Hayward, Miles Garrett, and they're going to eat up a lot of blocks for these off-ball linebackers. Where do we start at linebacker in the AFC North, Matt? I think that's maybe the weakest position in the division. 
Uh, Roquan's the easy one for me, and he's a star, and they just paid him and invested in him. Then it's a gap, 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 and it comes down to me of one of the two Bengals guys, Logan Wilson or Pratt. Probably prefer Wilson, but could be swayed either way. And I still love JOK with the Browns. Um, that's a bit of a Linderbaum-like projection because we haven't seen a lot, but there's a lot of talent there. With, with you know, <laughs> I mean, I I don't even I don't even want to spend any time on it because I think it's JOK all the way. Uh, just, okay, I'm fine you know, with I've it. Seen him as a rookie, um, you know, when you got some beef in front of you. And that, that makes this a really versatile defense as well because of what JOK can do and what, you know, Roquan Smith can do athletically. I, I love that combination. So Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is, is easily my second linebacker here. And, you know, there's some other good linebackers, so I don't want to bypass the other guys. They deserve mm -hmm. mention. But Roquan Smith, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, let's go. Yeah, I mean, he has the highest ceiling of all those guys I mentioned by far. You know, just a little less proven, a little bit of a projection. But I'm cool with it. Let, let's swing for the fences there. Okay, that brings us to cornerback here with uh, the AFC North. And uh, it, it's not the greatest it's not, great. not the greatest position here, but with the pass rush that's up front and some athletic linebackers, maybe they don't have to cover as long. But, man, uh, my big question is, is what's going to end up being our – our nickel look here in our, are we going to maybe, maybe we might have to go back to the linebacker group and, and find three linebackers and utilize Koromoa as sort of that star position guy as a third linebacker. So we'll keep that in mind as we go through cornerbacks, uh, Marlon Humphrey, not coming off his best run, but I still think Marlon Humphrey and Denzel Ward yes. are, are probably the, the leaders to, to take the two starting spots at cornerback. Patrick Peterson, obviously, uh, in the past would have been the guy, but you know he's no longer that guy. And the other mm -hmm. starting corner projected here for the the Steelers would be a you know a second round rookie in Joey Porter. So you're probably not going to plug him in over any of these guys either. No, I think it's Warden Humphrey for sure. Neither one blew our doors off last year, but they're big money guys, established. Not the best. I mean, it's certainly not like um, Sauce and Ramsey were the other day. That's for sure. I mean, they're they're good. They've been been to Pro Bowls. A nice thing about Humphrey is he spent a lot of time in the slot. I mean, as number one corners, he plays the slot quite a bit. So they're the two. My third, I think, is a Wouzier from the Bengals. I mean, he's fine. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, and you know, he was missed when he was out last year. I totally agree. Uh, Chidobi Uze would be the third corner in this group. Let's take a look at safeties and then decide if we want to go um, with Awuzie uh, or we want to go a third safety. We want to go another linebacker and let yeah. Jeremiah Wusu Kormo be that sort of you know dime linebacker extra safety look. Um, and when it comes to the safeties, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, and really, it's a it's a much better position than the corners, I think, and the oh, yeah. is potentially here with the safeties in this division. And it starts with your guy, Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he might be the best safety in the league. I mean, he, he's an easy one for me. They're a little bit similar in that they're both frees, but I don't really care about that because Minka has great versatility. I, I think Marcus Williams from the Ravens is the clear number two and is probably a top 10 type safety. So it's Minka and Williams for me. The name I just want to throw out there, I kind of like Grant Delpit, but, I mean, they're not competing with Williams, the number two spot. 
at this, I wonder what you think for that 11th guy for your nickel player of Kyle Hamilton. I mean, he was a stud safety coming out of Notre Dame, played a lot of slot for them last year. I mean, he's the Kelsey matchup type dude, but he was inconsistent and, you know, he, he doesn't have a chance to be one of the top two safeties for us, but he would be useful on this defense. I mean, it, it kind of comes down to would rather keep him or a Wouzier or go get a Logan Wilson. You'd love to add like Hendrickson as your 11th guy, but I think that's cheating. Yeah, that would be cheating. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It would be a best 11 situation, but it would be kind of a funky, <laughs> a funky mm. font too. Um, but you could go five man line, DJ reader in the middle. And that would be very interesting, but no, um, I think we've got to stick with a defensive back here. Yeah. And uh, I think I would take a, a woozy. That was my vote. When yeah. I wrote down my 11, he was my basically 11th player. Hamilton is kind of enticing, but I mean, how many projection guys could we have on this team? You know, give me this, this right. or bet. Yeah. And even if so, let's say we went a woozy as the star as a, uh, or if we went with a different linebacker, I would put, uh, Jeremiah Wusukormoe in here as the extra slot over Kyle Hamilton still, just because it's okay. a little more. And you know, I, I just I just like the projection there, and it's still a projection for both those guys. But um, give me the projection linebacker over the projection safety when we have I think some some decent options there in the secondary. I was thinking that if like Logan Wilson's case was a lot stronger, you know, like clearly he's better than JOK, and we're fighting over Hamilton versus JOK, two former Notre Dame guys. I'm with you. I was. I would prefer a Wosakoromora over two. And this is a big year for Hamilton to show us something where we're like, oh yeah, how could we have left him off the list last year, right? Sure. And that could certainly be the case. And hey. and to be honest with you, maybe Logan Wilson and JOK is a is a better combination than what we have. But but I like the way we got it better. Yeah, and yeah, I hear what you're saying. I I don't. I'm not dismissing the fact though that Marcus Williams and Hamilton. This time next year might be one of the top two or three safety pairings in all football. I mean, that's very possible. And they're very different. I mean, they're high pedigree guys. So that's yeah, what they're yeah. hoping. That's what the, the Baltimore Ravens are making on for sure. Yeah. So that's possible. This team's good. I mean, like the safeties are great. The edge rushers are great. But as good as this division is, they're not going to win a lot of games in our eight team tournament, I don't think. Yeah. I'm not sure. We, we, I feel like there's going to be some divisions that are just really that lock down more positions yeah. at a higher level. And in both of the divisions we've done, there's like, eh, there's a couple position groups, right? Surprisingly, it's not as, uh, as high end as maybe we thought, although it's always going to be very good when you're, when you're putting together four teams to make one position group. Uh, and surprisingly, there's a ton of Cleveland Browns on this list. I guess, I don't know if we should be surprised three of the five offensive linemen. You got Nick Chubb, you got miles Garrett, you got Denzel Ward, and we got Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. So what is okay. that? That's seven Cleveland Browns, which is so far the most of our first two divisions, the most of any team. I guess that doesn't surprise me. They have a nice roster. I mean, even without a first round pick, even without using their big investment, Watson, you know, I mean, obviously their season teeters on that. The last thing I just want to bring about this division, and I hope I don't sound like too much of a homer after the Steelers O-line additions, but I think these four O-lines, if I were to rank the 32 in the league night now, would all end up in my top 10. And Browns would be number one. They'd probably be like third or fourth. And then the others would be like six through 10. But our O-line isn't very good. <laughs> you know I what I mean? Right. I mean, it's not, I don't want to say it's not very good, but it's, there's less star power okay. than, than some other offensive lines for sure. Yeah. I mean, the strength of our O lines are guards. And by the way, Matt, so the Browns have the most players, seven 
representing their division yeah. so far. The Steelers after they have the lowest, yeah. Yeah, well, they're tied for the lowest with oh no, excuse me. They are the lowest. There's only three. No, there's four. Yeah, there's four. So the Steelers are tied for the lowest with four. I believe it was the yeah. Deontay uh, and the three stars on defense. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Understandable. And Deontay's hanging on by a thread. Yeah, he was a just missed almost. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. He better uh, get in the end zone this year. All right, there is the all AFC North team. Let us know where we got it right and wrong at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Uh, just really quick, Matt. Just looking at this division now, we've already done one division. We haven't done them all. But do you think this is going to be near the top, near the bottom, in the middle, as far as stacking the divisions when we're all done with these all-division teams? Well, I think when we get to the Souths, we'll feel better about this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they're they're pretty soft. You know, I mean, Deshaun Watson would have been the quarterback in the South, you know. and um, But I think the division is better than the All-Star team. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. The individuals are bigger than the sum of their parts in this case. Oh, or the other way around. I'm not sure if you said that right or the wrong way. Right, right? <laughs> we get the point. Right. All right. We'll keep going. <laughs> More divisions. We'll break them all down right here on Peacock and Williamson. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Matt and I back next time right here. Peacock and Williamson. <laughs>